every now and then a movie comes along that is just bonkers. And when it comes to New World Pictures, every now and then is more often than not. <laughs> so I'm going to say now and now every then or every now and now or every every every. Enjoy. Music. <laughs> Pictures podcast where we are going to talk about every movie released by New World Pictures, and we're really putting that to the test in this particular episode. <laughs> I hope you are enjoying your Death Sember because we are in the thick of Death Sember here on the New World Pictures podcast. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Because of this movie, I now recognize how large the country of South America is. <laughs> and Erica. <laughs> I never really knew that's what bruises looked like on your face. <laughs> they look a lot like plums, like a plum cut in half and stuck like, to your face. Like you got into a little bit of a blueberry pie accident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what tiny, delicate fists he has to leave such, yes. a, such a specific round mark. <laughs> and... Uh, so, to not, uh, so in this episode, in this episode, we are get we have gathered together oh. to talk mm. about 1985's Angel of Death. South America today, playground of the rich, hiding place of the notorious. He must be positively identified. Fingerprints, anything. We need proof. Hunted for four decades for his murderous crimes. We need someone can testify that this man is family. Every day he remains at large brings him closer to his goal. For these hand-picked commandos, there is no turning back. His secret is safe no longer. Where's my gun? They call him the Angel of Death. Angel of Death. He must be destroyed. Mengele can't die. He's a myth. He lives forever. Angel of Death. A mission of vengeance. The name of humanity. <laughs> That's right. 1985's Angel of Death, a.k.a. Revenge Commando, a.k.a. Commando Mengele. Brought to you by Chivas Regal Whiskey. The perfect drink for when you've just finished delivering a long, extended amount of exposition. <laughs> perfect for pregnant women. <laughs> Do you think they had... Now, the trailer had some really engaging music. Yes. <laughs> Where was that music? <laughs> Oh, 
not anywhere to no, be found in this movie. No. no. Do you think that they only had licensing for the trailer? Or I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Maybe the trailer was done. Be, you know, this was released in '85 uh, in Spain, so it doesn't get released in other countries till later. So maybe they then, yeah, use some different music for the trailer. Wow. But there seems to be about two whole cues of music for this film. This is one of those movies that the music defies all odds on how to set a tone. There, it, it doesn't. In the happy moments, it's wrong. In the action moments, it's wrong. In romantic moments, it's wrong. You're like, no, this, I don't know what this music would apply to. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of movie it applies to, but it it doesn't apply to anywhere in this movie. Correct. It's like they got the music at the last minute and they were like, the films do. Like, and they listened to the music and they're like, I, this isn't right. Right. They're like, but the right. movies do. We have to put it out. Just <laughs> throw the throw the music in. We just nothing we can do. At one point, there they the theme is playing over a panning shot of a of a amusement park. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And that's their and, their carnival theme. And the carnival theme, which is used throughout the movie, mm-hmm. still doesn't apply to the amusement park. It still mm-hmm. seems <laughs> incorrect. Yeah. How do you mess up carny music? Yeah. Like just yeah, that feels more carnival than anything in the entire film. Played at an amazing time once Rachel is shot, and they bring her there, and they still play that music because what I guess what the book was important is that they were like, you've got to know you're at the carnival. My God, Rachel, what happened? Up there. It was the last shot. <laughs> we need an ambulance. Got a phone? Not here. I'll get my bike. Wait. Like, I don't care that I'm outside the car. <laughs> We're outside the carnival, first of all. The, it's on the other side of the wall. We never mm-hmm. even see into the carnival. Mm-hmm. We oh. don't need to know. The music doesn't need to place us in the carnival. Oh. Like this is a dramatic moment, and you're playing carny, terrible, odd carny music. That's I have some thoughts about that scene alone. Oh but, boy. Uh, okay. <laughs> so this, let's. This let... I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Okay. This might be in my top five of the year. Because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Because. Oh wow. I. Have not I watched this one twice. Yeah, not yeah. because I didn't get it the first time, because I wanted to. <laughs> because wow. this movie is fucking crazy. Yes. In all the right ways. It it checks a lot of boxes for me. Wow. Which also says I should be seeing a therapist. <laughs> but Well then let's let's meet your Whoa, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. I, no, let's dive in. I really, I have a lot to say. Okay, good. Okay, this is about. awesome. This is terrific. Uh, this was directed by A.M. Frank Drew White. And if that sounds like a pseudonym, you are correct. <laughs> oh my gosh, it sounds like a radio station. Yeah. A.M. <laughs> Frank Drew White. <laughs> what a Playing one all the hits from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. <laughs> it plays all music. <laughs> Playing carnival music from the 60s, But it 70s. will never be at the appropriate time. Yes. 
<laughs> okay, uh, it's actually it's one of the names used by Andrea Bianchi. He's the Italian director of the 1972. You didn't want to go with the Andrea Bianchi? That's a great name. They uh, they often Italian directors would try to take more, and he did variations. Whereas Frank drew white or Frank drew. Frank White. He was. They try to do these sort of more anglicized names to try to not seem like because they thought it might look worse on them if they were an Italian director. So oh. he uh, did the Giallo strip nude for your killer and also 1981 zombie film Burial Ground. <clears throat> he actually <throat> took this film over though for Jesus Jess Franco, right? Uh, who also co-wrote this, but he apparently left the project, leaving Bianchi to take over. I don't know at what point. Mm. Uh, it, that that handover went because, as we'll get in the research, the the original idea or intent for uh, Jess Franco was to make a movie much different from this. A real um, serious Nazi hunter movie. It, well, not exactly. But, I mean, it's still... <laughs> but he, it also, a lot of the people in this, a lot of the cast, are people that he worked with and worked with multiple times. It wasn't really like the Andrea Bianchi folks, per se. Um, though there's a couple people that that he worked with. But uh, speaking of, this star is Chris Mitchum. He's really the number one star, the first build, son of actor Robert Mitchum. I love the deodorant. Uh, Chris. I love their work on deodorant. <laughs> Excellent work on deodorant, Mitchums. They just, they handled the, the deodorant business and then just did movies on the side yeah. for a lark. They do good work. My pits are impressed. <laughs> I think like Paul Newman, who were like, wow, you're such a great actor. He's like, truly, I just make uh, yeah, salad, salad dressings. dressings. Yeah. I make salad dressings yeah. and, you know, spaghetti sauces. I, but I do an act, some acting on the side. <laughs> um, Chris got his start, um, actually, in some John Wayne westerns in the early 70s. That all did uh, fairly well. But that, that was all in the early 70s, and he thought, you know, you would think, okay, he did some John Wayne Westerns, they did pretty well, uh, he thought that would boost his career. However, he found actually little work hmm. after that, and uh, instead he went to Spain, and he made 1972's Summertime Killer with Carl Malden and Olivia Hussey, which actually turned him into a big star overseas. In the 70s, he was kind of a big star overseas, not quite Eastwood or Charles Bronson, but, you know, somewhere, but close in terms of making movies overseas. He would make appearances in films and TV shows back here in the U.S., but he continued to work overseas. And around the time he makes this, he was making movies in the Philippines and Indonesia. And also in 1985, he would make the action film The Serpent Warriors with Clint Walker from Deadly Harvest. Mm. It was Clint Walker's final, I think his final role. Uh, also starring another Franco favorite, Howard Vernon as Dr. Mengele. Um, he had been making movies with Franco since 1962's The Awful Dr. Orloff, mm -hmm. spanning from that all, all the I, way. <laughs> but I, mm -hmm. I, I did sounds a nice, good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sounds good. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a movie that, I might watch later. That mm -hmm <laughs> was just you going, I should buy some Mitchum. <laughs> Mitchum is an effective deodorant. Uh, he went from that movie and he went all the way to uh, 1993's Unfinished Jungle of Fear, which is a movie mm. he uh, never completed. Uh, here's where you can watch Angel of Death. You can watch it on Tubi. That's what we watch it on. You can actually watch it on YouTube. But Mark bested us all 
by getting the Blu-ray, which you can purchase from Full Moon Entertainment. It is chock full of... The trailer, no. I think, right? <laughs> yeah, <it's> the trailer. <laughs> and, it, you know, it looks good. But uh, right. there's not any bonus material here. Uh, so just know that going in. But it does look good. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I yeah. So yeah, I think the Tubi uh, version is what is the restoration version, just mm-hmm. comparing it versus the YouTube version. I'm it the Tubi version I did check out and it does look remarkably the same as my Blu-ray. But <laughs> I mean, but, here's the thing. Here's but the thing. This is one Do, of your new you, faves. If so. you want things, you got to throw down that's right. a little That's right. You got to throw down a little yeah. cash. Yeah. Okay? You gotta... that's, that's how you show that you want things. <laughs> So that's how you can watch Angel of Death. This was a bit... I would have actually bought it myself because... But this was a sort of late... Just to take people a peek behind the curtain. This was sort of Mm -hmm. a late uh, addition to our December watch list. Yes. Yep. We weren't sure... We should be late with every other movie that we pitch. (laughs) So we can get little... Find these little gems. these little gems to show up. Uh, But let's 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 find out what this movie is about. Let's go around and find out what is Angel of Death about. Mark, let's start with you. Uh, it's about Mark Logan, Nazi hunter, and all-around great gentleman. Mm. He's a gentleman in this movie. <laughs> he knows how to treat a lady right. Mm. Going on a, a mountainside motorcycle ride, he's not going to make you wear a helmet that's going to mess up your hair. No way. He's going to let the air just blow through. And when you get shot, he's not going to mess around and take you to the hospital or have the police come around and potentially have paparazzi around that could take a picture of your dead body (coughs) right behind the carnival wall. No, he's going to stash your body under an RV like a gentleman does. And then he's going to have one of his... Carney friends just sort of guard the RV and make sure no one comes and pesters your corpse. That's what a gentleman does. Yeah, they, the, the scene where they just pick up the body is because the other guy's like, well, you don't want to mess with the police in this country. Is Mark new to the country? <laughs> I was like, does he not know? Is he... Well, a few hours earlier, he's sitting in his apartment with Rachel, the, the woman that dies. Yes. And they see a news segment about right. Dr. Joseph Mengele and how he's in South America. And right. that's where Mark says, South America, that's a big country. And so, <laughs> right, so, right. I, so the answer to your question is yes. He does not. I don't think he knows where he is. I guess I don't. I don't. It seems. I mean, again, just. I mean, not that we're we're skipping ahead here, but it seems the beginning of the movie tells us that uh, we are in Paraguay, um, which right away tells you uh, what kind of movie you're going to watch because it says it's the beach. It's a beach scene mm-hmm. of Viarica, Paraguay. Only Paraguay is landlocked, so. <laughs> Well, that's that just shows you a little bit of what you're dealing with. The shot is actually of a city in Spain. It's not Paraguay at all. 
And we never return to the beach. The beach is unnecessary to see in this film. Correct. It sets you up. It's the first shot of the movie. It makes you think, oh, this is, okay, we're going to be in some tropical. Nope, it, it does not they matter. They do drive near the beach when he picks up Ava <laughs> Again, from, the, from the hair salon. But we're in Paraguay, so I don't, <laughs> right. how does that, I don't know. Right. Anyway, we're talking about what this movie's about. Erica, let's go to you. I think it's probably easier to pinpoint what it's not about. Okay. Because it seems to be about everything. It is about a lot, yeah. But it is really just day in the life of Mark Logan, (laughs) commando hunter, friend, gentleman, carnival enthusiast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, I can't even make it. I can't make a joke about what this movie is about because... It is truly about all everything, all the things. I I, can't. I will say that like when you think of a commando Nazi hunter, Mark Logan does not dress as a, as the person I have in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I also well, you think, need to erase that vision I, from your head. I, I mean, you yeah, apparently one. I yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have there's a new some, Nazi hunter. I have some biases. Mm-hmm. I have to check like what I clearly what I think is just not appropriate. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. also what you're what you're maybe not maybe you just aren't considering that like Mark Logan's just a name. Oh, sure. You know, he's trying to fly under the radar. He doesn't want everybody Mm -hmm. to know that he's a commando. Yeah. He can't have a name like Slash Brain Smash. That's why he walks (laughs) in. There are a lot of So you know. So I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one with these kind of preconceived notions. Right. Or (laughs) Axel Muscle Town. Like, he can't. Of course. He has to, you know. So he, Mark so Logan. He, and then he, nobody, he's unassuming. No one knows that he's here to kick ass. That's no why he knows. dresses. Brain Smash, Smash is what an eight-year-old puts as their video game character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put something really hardcore. Smash Brain Smash. <laughs> it's what an eight-year-old right. or a grown or woman. A grown woman. Either um, one. but that is why you're right and i think that's why mark dresses like a tourist in any literally any country (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. his fashion style Mm -hmm. is proverbial tourist it doesn't matter where he is south america europe america he looks like a tourist for me i felt this movie was about you know if you're going to be a nazi hunter putting together your nazi squad give yourself more than an afternoon to put together your squad. <laughs> I don't know. In that afternoon, he put together the most eclectic group of men I have ever seen. He really did. But if you notice by the, we won't we won't skip ahead. But if you notice by the end results, I'm just saying some of the results could have yeah. maybe yes. been a little different yes. had we put a little bit more time and energy into assembling the squad. Right. <laughs> Right. There were some mixed results, you know. Frankly, it's... he already had the most powerful member of the squad already, and that is Garcia. He already had Garcia. <laughs> Garcia was already in. So that was done. He had the guy, the multi-tool guy, the guy who could do a little bit of everything. Yeah. He had that guy. All right. Let's get into the letterbox synopsis. Oh. We're on letterbox. Give us a follow, follow there if you can. Um... A Jewish commando unit hunting Nazi war criminals tracks down the infamous Dr. Mengele in the jungle. Nope. 
Nope. He's not in the jungle. He's not in the jungle at all. You no, know he's not. He's in a giant castle-looking like house. Yeah. He's in a uh, big... You know, it's a rural area, so jungle <laughs> can... It's apparently near the beach, I guess. Also, the best way to go, you know, to be low-key and just be able to, you know, <laughs> do your own thing unnoticed is to live in a castle. <laughs> <laughs> With flags flying. Like, I mean, the, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get yeah. there. Uh, and find that he is torturing nubile young virgins. <laughs> what? Uh, what? No. What? Nope, he isn't. No, no, he no, isn't. He's not. No, and... I mean, listen, we don't know what those half monkey men, <laughs> what they were, if they had not had sex before. I don't know. They, I wouldn't call them nubile. I'm not sure about that <laughs> terminology. Uh, anyway, he well, again. Uh, what do you think? It, what is your definition of nubile? I, look, I'm really as a, as I'm a, running as, across a lot of my own biases in this episode. I'm realizing as, I need to like really take a you know I'm as, the one who needs needs a little bit of therapy. As men, I would agree with you. They're not nubile, but as monkey men, <laughs> that is very true. He had to make he had to make them nubile. <laughs> When you're a monkey man, the clock just resets. <laughs> Did you see how? I mean, they were they were DTF in that in that cage for sure. Oh, that's I mean, they were exhausted from too much of it. That's why they only right. laid in bed under the sheets. They're like, I mm-hmm. am exhausted. Oh. All right, he is torturing oh, no. nubile young vir- virgins and performing horrible medical experiments on the locals. Okay, that last part tracks. Mm-hmm. They prepare to battle their way past Mengele's hordes of fanatic Nazi bodyguards in order to get to him. They don't really prepare. <laughs> well, they kind of just dive in. They just just they sit around and talk on the phone a lot, and then they just go for it. <laughs> also, hordes? <laughs> yeah, I don't also, know. Also, a fanatic, I typically don't find someone wearing uh, a blue dress shirt t- tucked into blue jeans as yeah. fanatical. Yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> Now, granted, they do have a little armband on, so maybe but that's yeah. it. They were but. not, they were just, they were pretty, like, you could say one thing about all the guards, they were all very mellow. I yeah, wasn't like fanatical. It was it was casual Friday at, at the Mangalove compound. <laughs> yes, <laughs> including all them wearing, like, tennis shoes. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So yeah. once the battle begins, they're riding around in tennis shoes, which just, <laughs> I don't know, there was something to that. Um, as I said, we start. Let's get into the movie. We started at the beach, but then we really get into a, a, an attempt at capturing a Nazi, and, and the person trying to attempt this capture is Jack Taylor from The Killer is one of thirteen. Yeah, he's uh, an American actor who basically he started out. He he performed, uh, moved to Los Angeles and started performing on the Jack Benny show, mm-hmm. and then he moved to Mexico. And did movies and plays and stuff like that in Mexico. And then moved to Spain. Oh. And that's where he did a time. And he starts making movies with director Juan Piquer Simon, which who directed pieces. But not, sadly, Slugs. Hmm. I think he would have fit in perfectly in Slugs. Yeah, he would have too. And I can only think it's because he actually didn't shoot Slugs in Spain. So maybe that's why mm. that didn't happen. Yeah. But right um, out of the gates in this movie, you have... You have uh, Dr. Hess leaving his compound. Jack Taylor following in a van, very Angel 3 style, just 
two to three feet behind. Oh, very close by, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are oblivious to the fact that they're being trapped. Yep. Um, you know? Did not realize. Did not realize. Uh, and it goes sideways. But um, what I loved about it... Oh, also, by the way, I want to say Jack Taylor. He also pops up as a journalist in Crystal Heart, which also was shot in Spain. Oh. So I want to go back and rewatch it. In general, Crystal Heart, I need to rewatch it. But now I got to see where he was. I don't remember him being in there. But Mom, will you just leave us alone? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that uh, is a voice to fall in love to. Uh, <laughs> fall in love with. Yeah, you're, you hear sure. that, you're like, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Talk like, to me more. I am under your <laughs> spell, good sir. <laughs> Play it again. Mom, will you just leave us alone? <laughs> it's it's a statement you. and a question right. all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Is he like a 13-year-old? <laughs> yes. Would not know. If you've not seen Crystal Heart, that clip isn't going to help you. Anyway, what I love is that after they do, uh, on, they shoot the, uh, the, the Nazi guy, and which they were supposed to keep capture him alive. And then mm-hmm. he goes back to his hotel but he answers the phone and kind of hops onto the bed. It kicks yes. his feet out. Yes. In like a fun, yes. who's calling me? Yeah. Who's on the phone? Yep. Kind of way, which I was, I fell out. I was like, this, what is it? He's just like, oh, this is not going well. Then back at the hotel, he's like, wee, I got yeah. a phone call. Like <laughs> Twin <laughs> single beds. He's got a suitcase on one and he's lounging yeah. on the other. And they actually use that same set later for yep. for Mark. Mm-hmm. And by the way, almost every single phone call in this movie is handled by somebody laying in bed. Yeah. I'm like, why? With the red phone. <laughs> With the red phone. Just laying in bed, lounging. I'm like, it, <laughs> it is here like... It Seriously, is can wild. we move this phone to another part of the apartment? I, it can't. It's yeah, they're just cycling it's only, actors the only one in and out of that room. It is yep. stuck to this bed. Well, mm. I, so you mean we're going to have to shoot every phone call scene laying in bed? Mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's oh, real casual so and fun. It's it's amazing. He takes a call from our third build star. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this. Fernando Ray, who's barely in this movie, <laughs> but he's third build. Uh, he's, a, he's more or less a cameo, but he is in several scenes, but he's not in this a ton. And, uh, he's a Spanish actor who's most well known for his role in the French connection one and two. Yeah. So, um, th- so he was probably, he was quite the name. So that's why they put him and Chris Mitchum, uh, in at the top of the list there. Um, what we learn though, is that they're, they're looking for Nazi commander Mengele Mm-hmm. So much so that Fernando Ray has made a collage book about him. I have to think that's what it is because he right. he's pasted like a handwritten name Mengele over a leather bound book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the camera does the very Italian zoom in on it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got to think that's where like, especially there's a large amount of those push in or pull ins or pull outs. That's all got to be Andrea Bianchi. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's such an Italian style. Um, you would think then that the movie is about Jack Taylor and his Nazi hunting, but no! That's nope. when we meet Mark, as we talked about earlier. The true hero of the film, and he's played, as I said, uh, there's lots of uh, Jess Franco regulars, and uh, he he is one, Ant- Antonio Mayans, 
who'd appeared in Franco films like Oasis of the Zombies and Mansion of the Living Dead. But he was billed here as Robert Foster, a name he used a lot during this period because he was told he looked like the American actor Robert Forster, which mm. I don't see. Mm. I don't. I don't. I think he got some bad advice there. <laughs> yeah, that's some bad info. Some yeah. bad intel on that, mm-hmm. buddy. Um, also, we have to talk about, we've already talked so much about uh, his girlfriend, Rachel, but she is played by the film's costume designer, Annick really? Lane. <laughs> oh. Yes, which uh, accounts for her outfit of plaid shirt tucked into bright red pants, tucked into white boots, mm-hmm. and with a matching red scarf <laughs> that yeah. really gets the ball rolling because she uh, she actually gets this call from a friend named Eva, mm-hmm. which gives him a clue about Mengele and is also one of the several... Hashtag clunkily pieces of exposition (laughs) that this film has because we don't see this phone call. No. She rushes back home to be like, you'll never guess. I have to tell you about this phone call I had. There's nothing more dramatic in all of cinema than somebody (laughs) saying, let me talk to you about a phone call I just had. Let's not look. I don't want you to see it. That's, that's almost as good as like, oh, I had the craziest dream last night. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Here we go. Fuck. <laughs> yep. Also, when people says people start something by saying, oh, here's a funny story. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh, no. <laughs> so, right. So so then they decide that they're going to hop on the motorcycle and go check out the, the, the castle that Mangalay is living in, I mean, in the most unsuspicious of locations, Mm -hmm. that has armed guards in front. We already covered this a bit. They get into a chase. uh, The armed guards shoot at them. They get shot at them. Which, you got to think, too, he he was watching. He was sitting there with Rachel in a chair, just sitting there very casually. But the TV apparently was on the entire time. Right. (laughs) Because suddenly a TV show just starts. Yeah. And he never turns the TV on, so he's just on. Right. And within a day, he's like, hey, I got a clue where you can potentially find this uh, former Nazi. Sometimes the clues just happen, Brian. You can't yeah. force things, you know? Yeah. I mean, Sometimes it, they just come to you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so What's, she ends up dying in front of a child mm-hmm. in an alleyway by the carnival. And his magician... His father? Magi- I don't know. Uh, no, it's his his acrobat friend that he has. No, no, no. I know the acrobat joins the crew. Oh, this, yeah. No, the, the, kid, boy the kid's father. Is with it, yes. a magician who's a guy who's dressed like a wizard. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love, too, is with during the chase scene before she dies, uh, they're shooting from, from the ground. And one guy, uh, one of the guards says... Uh, on the walkie-talkie that there's a there's two people on a motorcycle with a red helmet and says, he calling helicopter number two, mm-hmm. which evidently helicopter number one was in the shop. It, I really <laughs> kept wondering, like, when does... So is helicopter one out? Or, like, got multiple why, helicopters. why number two? And the, the command is man and woman on a motorcycle with red helmet. Find them. Kill them. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> Why? For a movie that's rich with exposition, yeah. this seemed abruptly yeah. short. <laughs> it's also like, we've talked for a long time. Let's get into it. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I also love the fact that they're like, wow, I can't believe that 20 minutes away, there could potentially be these these people. And they still don't really know what it could be. However, 
on the helicopter, there's a giant 4R. Yeah. That is huge on the side of the helicopter. Right. On the side of your helicopter. Right. <laughs> right. And it's right. written in a font like when you see the Thing 1 and Thing 2 t-shirts that mm-hmm. people wear. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and he walks up to the guard outside the house and starts trying to talk to him. The guy rushes him away. They're, they're carrying, you know, machine guns. Mm-hmm. And they have the four R red armbands on their, on their blue shirts. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I'm like, you're... This isn't hiding in plain sight. This is... <laughs> No. This is not hiding. No. This is no. being in plain sight for a supposed secret organization hiding out. I'm like, I has anyone ever bothered to look for Mangala yet? Because <laughs> it's super obvious where he is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's tough for sure. So then, so Rachel dies and then Mark's going to take off and find Eva, her friend. We then cut to Eva walking out of a, uh, a hair salon. And she's standing on the side of the road, and Mark pulls up in his car, gets out, and is like, you have to come with me. How he knew what she looked like. Right. Right. <laughs> or where she was. Or yeah. how she was just getting her hair done. No idea. No yeah. idea. But she has, puts up no fight. No, He says, none. get in the car, come with me. You know why? Because she sees he has a real pure heart. Because he's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. I can trust you. Also, Eva is a wild child. As th- this movie goes on, Eva makes some wild decisions. Yeah. One of which is for a guy saying, where's Rachel? I don't know where she's like, oh, just get in my car. I'll explain. Well, that sounds sensible. <laughs> right. Like, no. Okay. G- girlfriend, that's not, a, that's not something mm-hmm. you should do. Yeah. Somebody who won't explain who he is telling you, I know about your friend. Just get in my car. I'll tell you more. That's not. Don't do that. And they get in the car and they start driving by the beach. And she starts just sharing. Sharing. The most outrageous story. So much. I mean, we, we, I mean, we, we, we should just say before we get into a clip here, Eva is played by actress Susan Andrews. She's second build. Mm-hmm. At this point, she had only really appeared in 1984 TV miniseries called Mistral's Daughter, starring Stacey Keach. But she would go on to do Maniac Killer with Andrea Bianchi after this. Mm. And um, this is the big exposition dump that Mark's talking about, and she rides in the car. So let's just take... You have to listen to this. One night a customer came in that I'd never seen before. He was well-dressed and very handsome. He told All me his name was Wolfgang. Then he asked me to dance. With he stayed until closing time and kept coming back night after night. I really liked him. He was, I not, don't know, different. Not, I don't know, he's just different. I don't know how to explain why I liked him. He never told me much about himself, not even about his work. Yeah, no reason to be worried there. I know nothing about him, but I'm into him. that was part of the attraction. Mm. Plus... We really had fun together. Mm-hmm. Does not look like too it. good to be true. No. We were dancing when he invited me to a party his boss was giving, Carl Herman. He said that Mr. Herman wanted to meet me. Of course, I was dying to go. The trouble was, I didn't think that my boss would let me off. What does she do we for a living? We were on what he would call exactly. friendly terms. Oh, but Who knows? She's on the clock and she's just sitting and drinking champagne him. with him every night. So she works at the nightclub. That's what Rachel doing what? 
I don't doing know. what? Yeah. Drinking champagne and dancing? We left almost immediately. Then something changed. The minute we left the club, Wolfgang changed. He became very quiet. He was quiet he the whole spoke. time. And he had two bodyguards escort us to the car. <laughs> I was so excited about going to the party that I really didn't take much notice. It came to me later when I started putting it all together. He'd done a really good job dazzling me with his charm. He even brought me flowers every night. And before I knew it, there we were, zooming off in his fabulous sports car. <laughs> his fabulous sports car. <laughs> I wrote that down. I thought there, that was... There's so much to unpack here. You're, <laughs> let's go back to what you were saying, Mark. Yes. She apparently works at this nightclub because mm-hmm. Rachel says, oh, or maybe it's Eva who says, oh, Rachel was what made it worth it to work there. She doesn't get along with her boss. Maybe it's because you're hanging out with this dude. All night instead of doing your job. She's, but what is her job? She's worried about getting the night off. All we've seen her do with this job is dance and drink champagne with That's this guy. That's what I'm saying. She hasn't, she hasn't bust a table. She hasn't no. seen <laughs> anyone. That, that, she, that, that tells me I think she's front of house. That's what I think. She's, she's totally front right. of house. And she's just she's, sat at somebody's table and he's like, there are just a line outside. <laughs> and she's she's complaining by for about a job that by all accounts looks pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also you're terrible at. So I totally get why your boss is like, what the hell's wrong with you? She's like, oh my God, me and my bosses do not get along. Like, no, you are you are not good at your job. You're completely delinquent. And I, I have to point out. <laughs> We are only maybe 15 minutes into this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what? We're only two minutes into her 10-minute expositional dump. I, I, don't worry, listener. You're not going to hear the rest. I mean, you're just going to have to watch it. But you like, have my to watch Lord, it. Yeah. It gets We're, better. It, there's way more. There's so much more. But we'll summarize here. Also, the emotion that she puts behind that expositional dump oh my is, God, yes. is the maximum amount of emotion the, she provides. Right. In the entire, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, she is. A, she's a real even keel, she very even not, keel. That's yeah. why, like, she's like, we just so got along. And you look at them. Here's what I love about this: it's really wildly overwritten, right? For one, but two. So uh, it, it, the visuals do not quite match the story, and vice versa. So, like, it does not appear like Wolfgang and Eva are having one a great time together. Or two, that she's super into this guy. It doesn't look like either of those things. Did they write it after shooting the film with only a vague idea of the story? Or did they think of those visions? They just thought, we don't have the script, but we'll just shoot what we think we need. I I don't know what happened. See, I think that's all the Jess Franco stuff that he was like, we just need to have, there needs to be a richer story here. Maybe, maybe. Because there's just, they had to fill up time. But after this, this is where Mark Mark decides he's going to get together his crack team of Nazi hunters. He, he is, he is. So <laughs> let's let's let uh, we have to go through the rest of this terrible exposition for a second because <laughs> it's uh, my first viewing when Eric and I watched this. I was like, this story is tedious. But upon rewatch, I'm like, this is amazing because it is so long, and so much of this could have been cut out. But what's amazing is that the next place they go is to this party where she is super impressed by 
just the fact that there's a lot of food. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that, that they have cold cuts. Right. She's just dazzled <laughs> yeah. by and cold people cuts. are eating and they seem somewhat <laughs> affluent. And she's like, wow, wait, wow, wow. How am I here? <laughs> and then, but if she were to say that right, she'd say, Wowie, wow, 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 wow. She wouldn't. I'm She'd be here. like, I was impressed by the fabulous party. <laughs> That's what she does say. That's exactly what she says. It was so wonderful being there around all those cool That's pets. exactly what she said. <laughs> That's so what she says. I was having the time of my life. I never wanted it to end. Yeah. That's totally what she says. <laughs> Oh. And then Wolfgang introduces her to Dr. Mengele, or a Mr. Herman in her story, call her Herman. Herman tells her that Wolfgang was just recruiting her for him. Yeah, he doesn't even like girls. And instead of storming off, she's like, oh, well, I don't know, he's giving me attention. <laughs> and she stays the night in his house. Mm-hmm. Like, Immediately what? stays the night. Immediately stays what? the night. Mm-hmm. And not only just stays the night, then he's like, Stay here for a while. She's like, sounds good. What? What? You're just living there now? Where, where do you live? We don't know what exactly you do for a job. Or if you do a job, maybe she's lying about everything. Then she discovers Mr. Hermit in a secret Nazi room, which, again, had giant Nazi banners and pictures <laughs> right. of him with The whole with room was Hitler. red. It was... Mm-hmm. This is not secret. This isn't yeah. very secret. He has secret rooms, though. He was, that's, remember, he had to let her know that. There are secret rooms right. you're not allowed in. Right. But I won't lock them. <laughs> and the barrier to entry to these rooms right. is simply opening the door. <laughs> well, you know, I was not told hard not to, get to go into out. the secret rooms, <laughs> but I couldn't help myself. I didn't listen. <laughs> and then. It lasts, this all lasts for like 10 minutes. The final revelations being that Eva is impregnated while living with Mr. Uh-huh. Herman mm-hmm. after she found the Nazi room. Mm-hmm. So right. she found the Nazi room, but then was like, oh, but also I'm still here and now I'm pregnant. Like finding the Nazi room wasn't like, oosh, I should probably get back to whatever situation I had yeah. outside of this place. I, she never go. We never see any of her living quarters. Because no, she she leaves Doctor Mangala's place and immediately moves in with Mark. Right. So. Yeah. She's yeah. a professional vagrant. <laughs> she, I just thought of something. Maybe she's part of the carnival, and that's why she doesn't have like a permanent place to live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't maybe. maybe. God, I don't know. Any, I don't anything's know. possible. Yeah, anything's, anything's possible, possible in this movie. It's any. Yeah, she. If she was living in the carnival, though, she would just be asking Mister Agility to stay in his. <laughs> Can I just oh. live in your van? He was like, "I'm your sorry, trailer? your friend's already here." In a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Incidentally, things are getting a little funky down here um yeah but this is what i'm talking about eva is a wild card because she is basically like i met this guy and really fell for him but it turns out he just wanted to hook me up with his friend but i was like it's cool because he's rich even though he's a legit nazi so i don't know i'm living here i guess i'm having his baby (laughs) that is the story you are told i'm sorry but you read it with a little too much emotion too much emotion i think it would have gone a little something like i don't know I really fell into this guy, 
but he wasn't into me. He was just trying to hook me up with his old Nazi friend. But it's okay, because I needed a place to live, and he had a fabulous castle. I was just told to stay out of his Nazi room, but you know me. I couldn't listen. So I went into his Nazi room, and I ended up pregnant. <laughs> now, now, I know, He's telling the I story know to the little boy. <laughs> this is how the little boy finds out. He's I like... You might as well know how babies are made. You find someone's Nazi room. Uh, mm-hmm. And then and then you're pregnant. Yep. If you're listening to this, you're probably thinking that that is, you're probably thinking that is not the plot of the movie. And that's not the way it goes. But it's absolutely the no, way it goes. No, it's 100%. What Erica just did is a perfect reenactment <laughs> of the exposition in this movie. So then Mark decides to go get his Nazi hunter team together. He oh, gets God. David and his telemic, which is just like <laughs> mm-hmm. a fake. Yes. It, it's basically like a white uh, reclining, uh, a white collapsible chair seat that he's attached to a pole mm-hmm. that's attached to a tape recorder. And it's yeah. supposed to be able to pick up sound from hundreds of yards away. Sure. Uh, then he's got his friend who runs a dojo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whose right. name I don't remember. <clears throat> Roger. He's Roger, the karate yes. master who's right. ne- who can never stop karate. He, he's yeah. he is training twenty four seven. Yeah, and, and never stop. And he's got his circus friend who has been watching over Rachel's body, Jose, aka right. Mr. Agility, as it says right. in his trailer. Right. So this is and, and then, then Garcia, and then the bearded tracksuit wearing Garcia. Oh, Garcia! Right. Right. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. The best too is they. So they get up. Uh, they're going to go see if they can get proof that Dr. Mangle is in his, in his castle. Not like you need any more proof than all the not all the guards and, and uh, banners. But they need to get actual proof. And Mark is with David and his telemic. The best is the camera zooms in and he's holding a multimeter over the over the tape recorder. You know, Mark says he's a genius, and I agree, because if he can get something that is supposed to be getting ohm readings to do have some kind of positive impact on a tape recorder, <laughs> genius. Never heard of it, but that's amazing. <laughs> then, then Roger and the and the other buddy have to climb this incredibly high wall that doesn't look any higher than six feet, tops, maybe. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. But they throw a hook and some rope, and they're and good they to get go. in. They capture a glass and an ashtray. They figure it's got f- fingerprints on it. They they get it. They they come back to Mark's apartment, and they let uh, uh, let the team know in Vienna that they've got this. And v- and they're going to send what's his name, who was in the very beginning of the movie, back from Vienna to go pick this up and and bring it back by yeah. hand. Jack Taylor has to go out. So and Jack fly Taylor to has it. to take a flight. So they he says I don't phone. trust the mail in this country to like what were you going to put that glass into? Well, he he said we got to deliver it by hand. I got to so put says, this gonna... I'm putting this glass in an envelope and I'm licking it and I'm going to put it in the mail best of luck. <laughs> so he says I'm going to send somebody to come and get it. They hang up the phone. Fast forward, okay, they show a clip of a Concorde, Air France Concorde jet taking off. Yeah. Then they cut back to the to Mark's apartment. They're still wearing the same clothes. Mm-hmm. And then comes in this guy that's flown from Vienna, presumably Vienna, to Paris. Paris to Qatar. Qatar to Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro to Paraguay. Yeah. <laughs> in an afternoon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Don't. He said he was going to take the first flight. <laughs> yeah, and they the were just sitting around, hanging out on their beds, making phone calls. <laughs> didn't have any time to, like, you know, go change clothes or yeah, too much fun. I guess that's true. That's true. Plus, Ava, I mean, who knows if she has clothes? She just wears the she same ha- thing. She has, no, she has one outfit. Yeah, that's it. She Where did she have another clothes? Does she have somewhere to go to pick up another outfit? They 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 basically get all the information and they know it's him. And what's hilarious to me about that is that they now know because they go and they put all the data into Fernando Ray's supercomputer. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. And oh, then they're God, like, yeah, Mengele, <laughs> the computer's voice, known for being like it is so ridiculous. Oh. The, the no, it absolutely voice. sounds like yeah, that. it's like yeah. it's yeah. like known for. Mass destruction, loss of life. Like it's just doctor who made these experiments and is a real person. So Mm -hmm. like you know, it's all that stuff is true and sad, obviously. But like it is like so comical the way it's all being presented. Joseph Mengele photographed with Adolf Hitler in his clinic, 1939. Last scene. 1984. That's so ridiculous. And, and again, with this, I guess, supercomputer that just has a voice that just, I mean, and what what, what database are they looking into? I don't know. No, I this is know. pre-internet. So whatever yeah, they're looking I, into, it's nothing more, nothing better than a digital encyclopedia of Britannica. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, first of all, it says that he died in 1984. In actuality, he died in 1979. So well, they didn't already... know that at the t- but they didn't know that at the time. <laughs> well, but still, yes, this is this is why this. But is they didn't know that they actually so didn't discover they didn't discover <clears throat> when Doctor Mengele died until a year a year after this, or really the the year this movie was released in Spain. So, well, they could have made an update. Could just <laughs> fix that little piece. <laughs> they were like, "Get the movie out." <laughs> That's your beef. <laughs> That's your I, beef. With I, honestly, I don't have a beef. I really don't. <laughs> um. The, the thing that then Eva decides to do because they need more proof is she's like, I'll go back. They need more proof than fingerprints. What, a, what more proof do you need? Pictures. Yeah. Right. They <laughs> know castle. it's him. They know it's indeed <laughs> yeah. him. They have his fingerprints. They're like, we need some more evidence though, Mark. Don't go forward with your plan. Eva then goes back to the house, gets try, says, oh, I'll be a after, spy. After going to a blueberry pie eating contest. Right. And gets little, Garcia, little... yeah, Garcia, hit me with your blueberry fist. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, oh. let me quickly put this my hand in a, a fistful of blueberries. Oh, just a little, little blueberry compote, and then I get a punch in the face. <laughs> so great, punch some compote onto your cheek. Oh. When they reveal her bruise, oh, it absolutely oh my looks God. like half of a pear. Or excuse me, half of a plum. Oh, it does. It's, it so does. It's yeah. perfectly round. Oh. It's like purplish. It's bubbled out. It's so... It's like no one has ever seen a bruise before. Oh, you know? It's so wonderful. It's so weird. And she goes oh. to spy and gets her. tries to make her way back in, but is the worst spy Eva is so wild because she goes to her room because she now has a she has a room mm-hmm. in that one she that mm-hmm. she was really impressed with mm-hmm. and she just calls out from Mengele's house. <laughs> yeah, here's the information I have. Like, of course they found out immediately. 
<laughs> that was your plan? Like, yeah. I'll just sneak around their house and then I'll call directly from their house to you and yeah. tell you all the information. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, it's it's so crazy. Um, In the meantime, we are. This is where we're introduced to the monkey men. And yeah, we learn for, about which that. We, the experiments. We, they don't expect they don't spend a whole lot of time on that. You're just no. you're left to your own devices on figuring out how that all came together. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, and then she is now betrayed them. So, although I do find it funny that they have sort of the uh, she's trying to use her feminine wows on Mangale, and he does get a little bit of that like Mangale horny, which is a little, <laughs> it's a little creepy. Yeah, but, he never um, seems to buy in her bullshit story. Of course, <laughs> right, right. Also, but, her tirade to tell him, like, oh, I was taken by whom? By, like, you know, her story of being, like, I know these men were Jewish and I know it because they were talking about flying back to Israel. Like, it is the biggest piece of horseshit. It is such a terrible story. It's a horrible lie. It's like when you, uh, like, catch a kid doing something and they try to lie their way out of it and they're just awful at it. They've never done right. it. They have no idea how to do it. You start poking holes immediately. Yeah. yeah. There's like, I don't know, the window just broke. <laughs> You're like, nah, that's just not how it works, my man. <laughs> and, the, and that's her story. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, so her being there just, I guess, opens the floodgates. We never see Fernando Ray give the the signal to go ahead, but they go ahead with the final assault anyway. We do have the scene where um, Wolfgang gives an impassioned speech how they're going to take over South America and put it and make make it into a united country for the Nazi regime. And he's saying this over the crowd of soldiers. That's right. I paused. 32 soldiers. <laughs> he crunched the numbers on the he soldiers. crunched the numbers on the soldiers. <laughs> well, I just thought, you are, you all are going to take over the, all of South America. 32 <laughs> well, of you. Ambitious. Real ambitious. <laughs> but then he says, but you have some, a special guest is coming and you have two days of free time and there are many beautiful women in this building. So enjoy. We never see a single other woman other Eva than Eva. Is, as far as we know, the only woman in the compound. Yeah. The yeah. only woman. You're right. There's other things, too. Um, so so we do then get to the end assault. We, uh, oh, I want, you know what I wanted to say earlier? Is that scene where they take the evidence? You know who we should be saying, be who should be Mr. Agility? It should be Garcia, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because... When they do this final assault, Mr. Agility tries to launch himself over the wall and get shot. <laughs> but Garcia is just fine. He can do it all. He basically like runs, gets him a gun. He's like hunting. Yeah. Uh, he can uh, do it. He, can do it. He, he yeah. He's the he's the most talented mm-hmm. of anyone on that team. And I love this end scene. It's really. I mean, if you're gonna watch this movie, and if it doesn't delight you the way. It, <laughs> it has Mark. You the end scene it makes it all very worth it. And I did at that time start to think, why are all the Fourth Reich soldiers dressed like the aliens in bad taste? It's pretty amazing. <laughs> like outside of the armbands. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty amazing. And this end fight scene and Garcia really goes to town. Mm-hmm. 
blown up helicopters with an arrow. Like, oh, yeah. just, you know. Yeah. yeah. I never it's, knew that a bow and arrow could blow up a helicopter. It's Garcia's moment to shine. It is his moment. <laughs> he has been smoking cigarettes and reading magazines and preparing for this moment. And that's the thing. When we watched this movie, I was like, what does Garcia do? Because we know everybody's <laughs> skill, but his. And Eric is like, he's the driver. And I'm like, he has, he's not, They then they got in the car and I'm like, he's not driving. He only drove during that scene where Mark was talking Picked to Eva, Eva and she yeah. was talking and she goes into that whole long story. That's the only time he drove. The thing is, Garcia does everything. Yeah. He's yeah. later said to be like a master at explosives, but he really does it all. He's a Swiss he Army can, knife. Yeah, he, he can, can do it all. Unassuming, too. He yeah. doesn't let it go to his head. Mm-hmm. He knows. Yeah. Quite knows. confidence. That's yeah. what he's got. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the end, though, is terrific. It really makes it all worth it uh, that you that you got through some of this. Uh, some more odd music choices for the end. Uh, I think it's time. You're right. It's time for things we loved and things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we love and the things we hated about Angel of Death. Mark, what'd you love? Um, <clears throat> you touched on it earlier. I loved uh, kickboxer friend Roger and how he is always <laughs> training. Always. In the house, always. he's training. In the dojo, he's training. Next to the swimming pool that's half full of green algae water, he's training. <laughs> <laughs> that guy yep. never, ever stops. Yep. Unfortunately, he's not very good on nope. the playing field. No. Nope. Like, when, when, when actually put in the game, he's... He's one of those people that in practice is great. Mm-hmm. But when well, you get him out there on, on game time, not so great. Not well, so to great. be fair, Chris Mitchum pulls a little Indiana Jones action on him and during that fight scene. That's true. Because they're that's fighting. True. And though Roger's pulling out his double blades, that's when Chris pulls out a gun and shoots him when he's on the ground. So I'm like, he kind of got a little dirty there with his with his... But he should have seen that coming. He should have known it. I mean, there were a lot of guns. It shouldn't have been a surprise. But, you know, I, that and the yeah. fact that, listen, a bow and arrow can blow up a whole helicopter. So Now we know. know. Now we know. It's now a crossbow, though, isn't it? Isn't it a crossbow that he uses? It doesn't matter. It's still <laughs> it's still a fucking bow and arrow. It still is a, you still have a bow. It's, it's maybe a crossbow, but it's still a fucking bow. And it still shoots an arrow. And it blows... I mean, pulverizes a helicopter. Mark's beef with what is, when did Mengele actually die? Ryan's beef, is it a crossbow or a bow and arrow? <laughs> I didn't know if it was a crossbow or a bow and arrow, but Mark told me it didn't matter, and he was right. All we know is that an arrow can take out a helicopter. I learned something. Exactly. <laughs> Seconds before I was shot and killed. <laughs> I know, Garcia. Oh, no. Uh, but we're not at things we hated yet. Is there anything else you love, Mark? This was I did love in, in, in the in the final scene when uh, oh, the guy whose name keeps, keeps escaping me that came back from Vienna. Jack Taylor, uh, t- yeah. Jack Taylor. When Jack Taylor well, finally that's, meets... That's the actor. I his name is like... I, I can't yeah. remember what... When Jack, when Jack Taylor's character finally meets up with Mengele and he says... He says... Aaron Finally... Horner. We meet Air Doctor. And, and he goes, That's what you think. And he blows things up. And I couldn't help but think, like, well, whether you guys both blew up or not, like you did meet. Like it doesn't change the fact <laughs> that you met. I mean, yeah. so, so that wasn't a good burn. 
Um, also, what was he using for a blow up switch? Like a abalone shell? What was that? <laughs> I, mean, I think it's got to be an abalone yeah, shell. I, mean, I don't I want it to be anything, anything else. else. Yeah. I don't want it to be anything else. It's, they zoom in on his hand. I'm like, what are you lifting or pushing there? But <laughs> anyway. he's just like, clip, abalone shell. Clack. <laughs> uh, uh, Erica, what is something you loved? All the things we've already mentioned. I, I, I don't know if we haven't touched on anything yet that that I didn't love this movie was so wild and so unexpected. And from looking at, you know, the box and the movie poster and even just the, you know, quick brief description that you can read, I was like, here we go. And it starts and it's on the beach and I'm like, all right. And it just, it goes goes places. It goes everywhere. Yeah, it does. It's so, it was such a treat. Just Paraguay mostly, but, but, but everywhere. (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, really Spain, but But it was such a treat and it, it really was, you know, unexpected and it, and you know, we kind of already touched on the music already and how just absolutely outrageous that music was. It's, it's a treat. (laughs) I loved, I loved almost everything. I uh, I have a few things. I I I mean, I love that Mark gives Ava some shivas to drink. <laughs> asks if she feels better, and she says yes. And then she reveals she's pregnant. Yeah. Like that. That is pure Eva right there. Like just like, <laughs> oh, good, thank you. That whiskey really helps. What else are you gonna do for me? Because I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> I, if you'd known that, I probably wouldn't offer you the whiskey. Anyway. <laughs> I loved a Mr. Agility bunny hopping off the rooftop and just landing so softly on <laughs> yes. the ground. Yes. <laughs> yes. Plus, his amazing outfit. Like, way to go, Rachel. Those finding those faded jeans, mm-hmm. the white long sleeve sweatshirt <laughs> under a denim jacket with the sleeves cut off and a bunch of writing and color swirls in the back. Yeah. That outfit was amazing. amazing. I'd wear that to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, wear the check. I would wear the checkered shirt with the red pants tucked into yeah, white you would. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Heck God. yeah. She trades out for like a red skirt when yeah. she's actually on the motorcycle, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love the photo of. <clears throat> I love the photo of Mengele next to Hitler that's up on the computer. Oh gosh! It yes. is so fake looking and looks so bad that I. That was another total like thought fell out moment for me. I just was like, that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I also love that when Ava explains that she is pregnant to go back, it's even more amazing that Mark is like, I don't buy it. Like out of nowhere, he's like, no, you know what? He's, he's just realized a secret base is close enough to ride his dirt bike to, but then, (laughs) you know, but now he's like, uh, no, you were inseminated, uh, Freddy Krueger style by several different donors. That's how it happened. Not from one human. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. What? Where? And that like wild theory does gets shot down. Even Fernando Ray is like, there's, there's lots of ways to get pregnant. Chill out. Like, I don't know about your, and that theory just dies on the vine and never you know we we don't we know that he's a doctor and he does all these crazy experiments but like that's a that's a leap by yeah. mark there and i loved it i was like <laughs> i was like freddy krueger he thinks he got freddy krueger <laughs> all right uh let's switch yeah. to things we hate mark what's something you hated i'm gonna have to throw some shade on the soundtrack not only does the music not match any of the things that are going on in the movie it's it's the 
the timing is off. Mm -hmm. Like it's not played well. Mm -hmm. There are obvious screw ups that they just left in the soundtrack where they actually miss notes. And you're like, I had to rewind a couple times. I was like, wait a minute, did they just miss a note? And I rewound (laughs) and sure enough, they totally did. And they were just like, that's good enough. It's good enough. It'll work. Again, the film was late. We have to deliver this. Yeah. I, I just, I, I've never. To the Paraguay Film Festival. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think I've ever watched a movie where there were obvious timing and note screw ups in the soundtrack. Yeah. But this Until one now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you got one. Uh, anything else? No. All right. That's it. That's it. Okay. Erica, something you hated. Uh, I really have been struggling to figure um, figure out what I hated, which is so wild because I thought initially when it started, I would hate the entire movie. <laughs> um, I think really for me, the, the only thing that I hated would be just... I know that you know, Mengele, it's, it's a real thing, but yeah, it's, I sure. think this movie, it's tough for me to then see actual footage or actual photos. Like, right. You know, that right. I think knowing what this movie is, you have to be um, really careful with that kind of content. And it's yeah, very it, real. It, yeah. And that happened. And this is, um, so I, I'm always a little like, when it, when a movie is just sort of ridiculous and over the top, and then you're, you know, forced to look at really upsetting photos of, you know, people who were experimented on and tortured. Mm-hmm. And so that I, I, I think for me, that's what I hated because it's like, just know you're no, you're so, you're gonna have ten minutes of exposition about how <laughs> Eva got to stay, how she came to be in this how castle. she came to meet this former Nazi who's hiding. Yeah. Out. Yeah. yeah, yes, exactly. But then I have to look at an actual photo of yeah. someone then, who was experimented on. It just it was like uh. which then Jack Taylor is cutting with his scissors to put into Fernando Ray's scrapbook. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, guys, it is funny and it is like ridiculous that you're doing that. I don't think that's their intent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, the real it's pictures are much. often presented to yeah. also be like, hoorah, let's go kick his ass, which is like, well, that's a, that you're, you're really conflicting my emotions there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was just such a, you know, to the point we made earlier about like, let me tell you about this phone call. It was like, you could have just said people were experimented on, mistreated, yeah. killed, and yeah. left it at that. Yeah. That in itself is upsetting enough. Right. But to have that be what you show and not show the phone call or show driving away in the fabulous sports car, it's, it's like You see the sports car for like a second. What, yeah. what what was it, Mark? Do you know what the fabulous It was a Porsche Carrera. Okay. <laughs> I knew you would know. Yeah. But it just felt <laughs> odd that that was yeah, yeah. the it's, time. It's, it's, it's that a they, strange, yeah. strange tonal balance yeah. because it's supposed to be about this very serious real guy who did yeah. was was hiding out in South America, but then it's also this action film and it's about the, it's just such a weird tone shift. Yeah. 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 I I get you. Here's what I hated. I hated that Garcia was killed. 
Oh, <laughs> oh agreed. He's the best. Yeah. And oh. yeah, I kept thinking that. that he would come back somehow, that he would just step mm-hmm. out from behind a tree and be maybe wounded, but still like smoking a cigarette or something and be okay. <laughs> right. I am disappointed. Yeah. He that got up happen. and he actually had like a vest on, like yeah. be in so many yeah. American movies. And mm-hmm. I'm like, just for this one moment, just let us have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, though, I, I, I don't know if this affected me as much as you did, Mark, but seeing it another time, I definitely got a, I had a lot more fun with it than the first because it was a little bit like, wait, what's happening? But the second time through, you're like, wait, this is so silly <laughs> at times. That said, I feel like if this movie was 10 to 15 minutes shorter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This would be perfect. Like, mm-hmm. this would be terrific. Now, you would yep. not you couldn't cut out any of that terrible exposition which of course you should lose it's too much mm-hmm. but no but when you but watch it again you're like no this is ludicrous yeah. that we are talking <laughs> it's you know. my favorite it's it's such a great part of the movie and i the second yeah. time i watched it i i did not do any fast forwarding through that exposition i just i it's it's like make a sandwich mm-hmm. sit down yeah. Get ready. Yeah. You, well, it's you can you can make a sandwich second. during it because you have tons of time. You have loads of time. And you're just listening. You're just listening. Yeah. <laughs> you're seeing some images. They don't really match. Mm-hmm. But um, it, man, God. Yeah. So I think if they just tightened it up a little bit, yeah. this would be so perfect. It's, it's really... Good Actually, you know. I think if they had tightened up the final battle just a little bit, it's yes. a little too long. Yep. I don't know. That's final battles to me is like the that's the like here we go. You get your get your cake. You get lots of silly stuff. They don't have enough money to pull off what they want to what they're right. intending, which is of also course. great. Um, I could have also just used one more phone call on the bed scene, <laughs> like just to round out yeah. the, the yeah. trio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yep. I mean, we never get to see Mengele on the bed, right? Talking just on the like phone. Oh, hey. that would have been you know <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what we hated. Let's go to our favorite scene, Mark. I mean, to me, it's, it's favorite scenes. Uh, sure. We've talked about them, you know, finding Eva outside the hairdresser, the art, the, all the exposition, the monkey people, the dance club, the inspirational speech to a fierce army of 32 devout soldiers, (laughs) uh, entrusting that, that South American takeover, entrusting that the, South American, the information about the South American takeover that was received by an 11 year old boy from Ava from within the compound. Yeah. And that his dad is just like, if she calls again, you better get more information from her. Like, <laughs> this is the difference between our country surviving or not. And you've just entrusted that to an 11 year old boy. I laughed so hard. At that. Yeah. It's really, um, it's really great. That moment's really great. I, the Mangala's speech at the end, and we never get to under we never get to know what his many faces of strategy was for turning the mm. country of South America into a Nazi stronghold full of monkey people. Like, <laughs> what, like to Erica's point and yours, it's like when you see the real pictures of what he's done, and then you see the monkey people, you're like, what happened? That's what, what I mean. What, what, yes, this isn't matching. It, yes, the real yeah. horror, and then like uh-huh. I this guy with like hair on one side of his face. Sitting up in a bed, like, man, poor me. Like, uh, what is that? This is so weird. Mm-hmm. The and actual the monkey. monkey on the bed, yes. the re- but also a monkey, too, with these monkey people, but also just a real monkey. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I don't, what is, it's like, it like says this really horrible thing and then undercuts it with the wild choices they're making. So crazy. Um, 
All right, Erica, your favorite scene. Yeah, agreed. I, it's hard. It's hard to pick one. I think though, probably <laughs> it will have to be um, <laughs> the punch. <laughs> you see the reveal yeah. of the punch, and it looks like the there's punch a, into a the plum on her face. And she's trying, and she's telling the fell worst. Fell asleep and in, into a, a blueberry uh, pie. Yeah, and she's telling the worst lie and has the <laughs> fakest bruise. It's just the whole. It's all just bullshit. All of yeah. it from start to finish was just hysterical. Yeah, I uh, my favorite was the training sequence. Yeah, um, because we hear this drill sergeant give out these instructions, and it sounds like this. Move it, move it, get the lead out. Shuffle, shuffle, move around. Try harder, harder. Move it, move it, get the lead out. I mean, it's just looped. It just continues. Yep. It just mm-hmm. goes through that while they're mm-hmm. walking around, and then. Sometimes it dies down a little bit while Chris Mitchum's talking and sometimes it comes back up and then he actually gets their attention. And then he goes through the slow-mo fight with three guys and he whoops them with his cane in very slow motion, which is also so silly and ridiculous, this fight. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then... And the sound. And the sound. Oh. It's like... It's so slow And it's not coming from him. You don't know who it's coming from. No, it's just sound <laughs> yeah. on top of it. And then as soon as they're done with the fight, back to regular speed, and we go back into the drill sergeant. You're harder, try harder! Get the lot out! Like, it's all the same thing looped. And it just, it's, it made me laugh so much. It's so ridiculous. There's and- a scene when they are walking in like an alleyway or like some stairs, and they're around some tourists. And they're following some of the Nazis, and it's the one where they, where they, where the, the guy stabs him and he says Nazi, and he stabs him in the back. Oh, they yeah. Garcia right be- does that. Yeah, right. Garcia does it right. Be- right as they're following, there's a loop of like a little like noise, and then a kid laughing, and it just keeps looping. It's the same over and over and over again. Oh, also, again, that that kid that, that that Nazi that he stabs and he goes down on the ground. All these people come around. And I think there's another kid that's there. Yeah, I'm there's like, another kid. Can you stop showing kids <laughs> these dead bodies. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Speaking of that question, let's get into our final questions. These Woo! are our final questions for Angel of Death. Uh, did Mark make a mistake not recruiting the carnival magician for the crew? <laughs> yeah yes i mean 100%. that's a yes it's a yes, yes that's right? a big mess he yep. just like waves and leaves and i'm like he's grab him you're <laughs> yeah. putting this thing on the fly grab him all right yeah so uh we talked about this very briefly earlier but what happened between mark and his pool guy <laughs> <laughs> that, there's some bad blood there yeah there's some so, bad yeah. blood yeah, I think his water bill has been really high too because he hasn't filled it. It's any not water. high enough. It's, yeah, yeah it's, things are. Yeah, but something well. went. There's a bad. There's a bad yeah. thing. Mark yeah, is a gentleman, a... as you say, but something bad happened. This mm-hmm. is a dark part of Mark's. Well, he's history. been letting a lot of people live in his place without any rent. So, <laughs> it's, 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 it's and he has a, a very nice house <laughs> when you really look at it. They have the <laughs> one phone on next to the one bed. phone with two single nice beds <laughs> for his bedroom. But other than that, when you see the outside, you're like, wow, yeah. nice. <laughs> um, don't you think it's incredible that Garcia threw that grenade 
and not only blew up Mengele's men in that car, but also an entirely different car altogether than the one they were driving. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing? It was. At it's first, I thought movie he got the wrong car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he blew them up. He's like, "Oh no, you blew up Mark and Ava." <laughs> it's such the. It's such a different car. Mm-hmm. They're both Mercedes Benz. They're but bo- it's a Mercedes. Is, one of them is t- the one that he blows up is at least 10 years older. Yeah. And in horrible shape. And I don't think it's a Mercedes even. It I was, is. Is it? Is. it? Okay. Yeah. The one they blow up? Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, I, <laughs> but even if you are just casually looking at license plates, they're totally different. And I don't mean the numbers. I mean, the license plates themselves right. just look totally different. Yeah. Because yes. the footage they got clearly bought this footage from somewhere else of a car blowing up and just inserted it into that scene. Anyway, I loved it. I loved that moment. Speaking of Garcia, who's your favorite of the Nazi squad? <laughs> of the Nazi squad? or That's what I call Nazi him. That's under- Marx. I call him his, his Nazi squad. We're taking down Nazis. They're like uh, the monster squad, but they hunt Nazis. Oh, got it. Okay. And see, I, I uh, Garcia, certainly. I mean, Garcia was my favorite, yeah. I mean, too. it's hard to pick another one. Yeah. It's I hard know. to beat anyone else. You that know, quiet confidence, it's hard to come by these mm-hmm. days. Yep, mm-hmm. unassuming. Uh, finally, now that Mengele and his men have been stopped, do you think that Jack Taylor, uh, the char- or the character he plays, takes out that hotel desk clerk before he heads back to Vienna? Because there is still someone out there! Mm. <laughs> You forgot um, about him. We all forgot about him. Oh, the straggler. Yeah, the guy calling in. Mm. Yeah, I know. They're prepping uh, Angel of Death too. Better make that pit stop. <laughs> <laughs> Nubile Angel of Death. <laughs> uh, the airport, please. But if you don't mind, I gotta kill someone real quick. <laughs> <laughs> just a bellhop, no big deal. That was the Wangro section of this film that we uh, we didn't get. All right, let's get into the research. We uh, there's get not, it. There's not a ton here, but let's go through what we have. Um, released in Spain, as I said, 1985, 1987. New World releases it on VHS. Uh, it's in that's pretty much when it went out to other countries as well, I believe. It's not the first film about Dr. Mengele. Uh, he was the subject of the 1976 novel, The Boys from Brazil, which also was made into a movie in 1978, uh, of which Angel of Death is a pretty enormous ripoff of that film. Um, as we talked about, though, uh, they both imagine, both films imagine Mengele dying in grisly fashion. But as we, the, as the truth is, is that he had been, he was, in Paraguay uh, since 1959. He had then moved to Brazil. He met up another former Nazi party member named Wolfgang Gerhard. And as Mark was saying, in 1985, a multinational team of forensic experts traveled to Brazil in search of Mengele. They determined that a man named Gerhard had died of a stroke while swimming in 1979. The dental records later revealed that Mengele had, at some point, assumed Gerhard's uh, identity and he was the stroke victim. Mm. A little bit from uh, Jess Franco. This is from his book that I came across on bnsaboutmovies.com. Uh, this thing is is pretty much like a Google Translate here, but it's from a book called uh, Jess Franco from the Margins to Auteur Cinema, Analysis of the Cinematographic Story. This is what he says about why he does not claim this movie as his own. He says, I started doing a movie 
that was titled Gente del Rio, in which appeared Mengele, who was hidden there and was wonderfully played by Howard Vernon, which, of course, we know uh, is what's in the movie. Gente del Rio was a film about some fishermen who live in a town in Central America and know that Mengele lives there, so not in this movie. But nobody dares to come up to him until some of them attempt to catch him. The movie is their fight to get a hold of that bastard, and they get him. It was based on persons I met in Brazil, former Nazis who lived like gods on some fucking rural estates. And what I wanted to show uh, was the clash between these people and the humble people of the river. But the producer wanted to give more importance to the character Mengele, but in Andrea Bianchi's shabby action movie way. I did not want to do that with a character who is a sinister and sordid type, but who must be given another treatment, not as if he was a, a street whore. I feel like there is some mm, lost in translation probably, there. Yeah. But okay. So I I'll go with it. But I, yeah. I agree. Yeah, but I, I but agree. you know what? That's fine. You can call Mangalay a street whore. That's fine. <laughs> so I abandoned the film, and in the end, I left it. <laughs> it's the same thing, but okay. Um, <laughs> I'm abandoning the film. Also, I'm now leaving. <laughs> well, okay. Same thing. Um, but again, something lost in translation. I did not finish it, nor did I want to finish it because it was all it was wrong, and I did not want it to appear out there on video. Almost all the material that I did with the Italians is like this. They did me a thousand dirty tricks. Everything went wrong, and that's why I have never admitted the film is mine. So I don't know what he then did or didn't do. It sounds like his movie, if maybe his original intent was, you know, the people on the river that movie never happened and clearly he had a hand in casting this movie. So, I mean, did they abandon all the people, the river stuff and rewrite everything from there? I, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. We, we don't really know. Um, but we do know this. Chris Mitchum did talk to a website called Nanarkand in 2008. And he mentions this little anecdote, which we'll end with about this film. He says, Funny story about the Mengele film. When I was con contacted by Daniel Lesueur for the film, that's the producer, Daniel Lesueur, I had a herniated disc in my lower back. In fact, after the <laughs> film, I had surgery. I was in constant pain and could hardly walk, but I needed the work, so I took the job. I arrived with cane and pills in hand and had a meeting with Daniel. I gave the spiel that my character was a Vietnam vet, wounded in Nam and partially crippled, and he hated the commies for doing that, which is why he worked for Mengele. Daniel, God bless him, and understanding little of actors, said, fine. So we walked down the hall to Andrea's room for a meeting at which I made the same pitch. Now, picture the star telling the director he liked how, how he'd like to play it, and the producer there nodding. Andrea said, fine. So I played it with a cane, which I really needed. When we got to the first fight scene, Andrea wanted me to do all these high spinning kicks. We were about two weeks into shooting. I said, Andrea, the guy's a cripple. He went ashen. Being a black belt in Kempo, I had already worked out a routine using the cane, which is what we shot. My favorite scene. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about uh, what he was doing. So he really needed that cane to walk around. So I think that was kind of funny. Um, wow. Yeah, what a choice. It is such a choice. Those dancing scenes must have been tough to film. Yeah, yeah I wish they had <laughs> shot them. That would have been great, too. <laughs> I mean, they are sort of dancing. They're clearly slow dancing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. There's nothing like uh, a, a guy in a nice suit walking in with a cane that you're like, ooh, la, la. <laughs> so charming. <laughs> Give me some of that. Yeah, ooh. 
His He's legs busted, but he can really drive. He can really drive that car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's it. That is our episode of Angel of Death. I hope you're enjoying December. If you are, please give us a five-star review. Follow us on all the socials. We are on all the socials. Instagram. You can find us at uh, New World Pictures Podcast on Instagram. And all right, perfect. And at <laughs> New World Pod, the New World Pod on Twitter as well. We're also on Facebook. Find us there. Give us a follow. And uh, we will see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody.